This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Parenting for Faith podcast. This is episode eight of season two, the greatest hit season. And today we're going to be chatting about siblings. How can we help brothers and sisters, stepbrothers, stepsisters, half-brothers, half-sisters? How can we help them to connect? And what do we do when issues of envy and rivalry, those kind of things surface? You're going to be hearing from Rachel Turner, our founder, um, as well as from Ollie Goldenberg. He and his wife, Helen, run a ministry called Children's Can. They're very, very experienced children's and youth ministry leaders, and they also have five children. So they know quite a lot about siblings and how they interact. So we're really looking forward to hearing from them. If you are listening to this on the day that it comes out, on March the 15th, uh, you can join us for our Facebook Live tonight for parents. If you've missed that, um, it will still be available on Catch Up. As usual, we would love you to rate, review and subscribe or send to a friend. That makes a massive difference to people hearing that we exist and uh, other people benefiting from this. Um, And also, if you'd like to support us financially, uh, you can sign up to become a friend of Parenting for Faith. Anything from £2 a month helps us to keep producing these resources and giving away what we do for free. Uh, So if you'd like to be a part of that and partner with us, we would love to hear from you. But first, let's hand over to Rachel. Right. I love this. I love this name that this uh, person put on this. Uh, the name is just Tired Mum of Small Children. <laughs> oh, I feel you. I feel you. You can hear a whole nation going, amen. Uh, right. So the question is, my kids fight all the time and I lose it with them. I just can't make them love each other. And I find that interesting. There's there's two different pieces in this. Um, first of all, I just want to thank you for sharing that. It's uh, It can be quite uh, vulnerable to say that you lose it with your kids, uh, but you are not alone. You are a mum of small children and you are doing great. And hear my voice, you are doing great. Your kids are alive and they are fed and it seems that they are functioning. So good job. Uh there are two things here. One, what do you do when you lose it? And two, what do you do when you can't make them love each other? The first thing, when you lose it, you can just apologize. It's so useful for kids um, who are on a spiritual journey to see what it looks like for someone to mess up because that is normal life. And uh, we mess up and we ask for forgiveness and God comes in and helps our hearts and we move on and we get better. And to model that for our kids is so useful to say, this is what happens when you mess up. You don't just come and begrudgingly roll your eyes and say, sorry, and walk away. You actually come back and you say, I see it from your perspective. I'm so sorry. That must've been really scary when I yelled. And I don't want that for our connection. I don't want you to be scared of me. I want you to always feel loved and connected to me. And I'm sorry I broke that connection um, by yelling at you. Uh, Please forgive me. Uh, that that really helps because they see that's how you apologize. That's how you rebuild connection after conflict. And that ties in to me with the second part of your question, which is, I just can't make them love each other. No, you can't control your children's emotions. That is correct. But you can help them figure out how to have a relationship that um, can be a blessing to each other. And 
uh, I think often with siblings, we spend most of our time uh, negotiating behaviors. Do this, stop doing that, don't touch her, move over there. And it feels like we're just wrangling behavior. And every once in a while, it really helps to stop and have conversations about our hearts. Because in essence, you're discipling your kids in how to have a, a healthy relationship with somebody else. Uh, and it might not be the closest relationship in the world, but it is a basic relationship with them. And you can talk about one, what's happening in ourself when that person, when my brother took my toy, I got so angry. I just wanted to hit him. Well, that's a emotion that we all have in common and to help coach them through. What do you do when you have those emotions? Because when you're so filled with rage that you want to hurt somebody else, that's a really interesting thing that happens to your heart. And what does it do to your relationship when you choose to act out of your anger rather than a, a conversation, rather than trying to sort it out between them? What happens to your heart when you're willing to hurt somebody else? And how do you feel? How's your connection? And how do you fix that? How do you fix that relationship when you've done something that has broken your trust and broken your connection? And for the other person, you can talk about when you took that, um, when you took your sister's toy, uh, it made her feel very powerless. And that's an awful feeling to feel powerless. And, uh, and that makes people feel very protective. And so how can you do something that can share our power and we can take, take care of each other's hearts so that we can learn to live peacefully next to each other. Um, when you can help them process what's going on in their own hearts and help them fix the relationship with each other, that can be really helpful rather than us just coming in and sorting out the decision. Uh, part of the discipline can be that now we need to fix our mess. We need to fix our physical mess of when we've tipped over things and spilled things, but we also need to fix our relational mess. And right now, your relationship with each other is in a bit of a mess. So how are you going to fix that? How are you going to rebuild trust? How are you going to fix your hurt feelings so that we're not brooding on those and letting those eat away at our heart? We need to fix this mess too. And making that part of our conversation and part of the walking out process of conflict can be really helpful. You, you can't make them love each other. And it doesn't have to be every time that you work this out, but it is helpful in conversation to help them learn how to manage their own hearts and manage their relationships when you have the energy. Uh, and sometimes it can be very long after the conflict. Sometimes just sort out the behavior and then at bedtime have the conversation. Uh, but those conversations are really helpful to, uh, to call back to memory those things because then you can head it off. Uh, so next time someone's taking someone's toy and someone's getting rageful, you can say, oh, it looks like you're getting rageful. How are you going to cope with that? Or, oh, excuse me, uh, we let everybody have power in this family. Please uh, take back. How can you use both of your power as well to, um, to make good decisions to share this? So we're taking care of everybody's heart in relationship. So sibling rivalry is a massive issue in any home that has more than one child. Um, if you don't have any sibling rivalry in your home, you are blessed. <laughs> don't look down your nose at everyone else and say, oh, well, if only your family was as perfect as mine. Um, I think probably the best way to have no sibling rivalry would be to raise your children in two different homes. Um, I wouldn't recommend that as a strategy. Actually, we, we need to spin this on its head and see this in a totally different way. This is an opportunity for us to help our children develop character. Mm. Um, character to be able to push through when there's people who don't like them around them. Uh, character to be able to grow and become who they are, look at their own weaknesses and say, this is an area that I need to work on. Mm. And so often in our family, we, rather than going, you need to be nice to your brother, we're looking at, hey, why are you responding in this way? What, what's going on in you 
that makes you want to lash out in this way? Is it some insecurity? Is there something you're worried about? Is it some way, okay, he's treated you bad. He's done this thing wrong, but how are you going to deal with it now? Because in life, people are going to treat you bad. And um, so you're going to have to deal with it. And so we, we start to try and foster an environment where they, they feel they can be open with each other. Um, they feel that they can work through these issues and come out the other side still being friends mm. on the other end of it. So one of the things which we're quite keen to do is we look at our children and, and pick up when we hear one of them beginning to say words that are tearing someone else down. And to begin with, they can be quite an undercurrent there where it's not, it's not like shouting in your face, this is a major issue. We, we want to deal with it before it becomes that major issue. So we'll pull one of the children to one and say, hey, we noticed you're being a bit tough on them recently. What's going on? What's happening inside of you? And be able to have that chat with them and hear from them what, what they're working through mm. if they're able to put it into words. One of ours is, is not so good at putting things into words. We have to kind of guess a little bit more what's going on inside of him and use whatever Freudian techniques we can to examine their inner part. But that's one of the great things. Each of our children are different. And the more we can help them to recognize each other's differences and celebrate each other's differences, um, the more they're going to grow together and, and enjoy each other together. Another major thing that we do um, to help try and foster family connections together. Remember, if, if you can live in a family, you can live in any community. Um, it's the most close-knit family you're going to find. We make sure that we as a family are going out from time to time and doing activities together. We have a day off um, where we make it a day off. At times, we've been really strict on this. where We won't do any washing up. We won't do any cooking. Um, we won't do any anything on that day because we want to focus on being together with the Lord and together as a family. And we'll use that time to go out and be together and hang together and have fun together. So that if we're going through one of those more rocky seasons, we can look back to those times and go, yeah, we're going through this, but we're gonna come out the other side because we are family together. That's what we do. We go places together, we do things together. And no matter what happens, we still love each other, sometimes in spite of and sometimes because of the way we treat each other. Welcome to the question and answer section. My name is Rachel Turner, and uh, today we're answering a question about well, sibling envy, I guess on the face of it, uh, but really about how we help our different kids go on their different journeys of communicating with God. Um, so one of our listeners uh, wrote in and wrote us a very kind email that sort of explained her situation. Rather than read the whole thing, I think I'm just going to summarize it. Uh, but she was describing how, you know, she was doing chatting and catching with God uh, together with her kids. And uh, that is, if you don't know about that, it's just about helping your kids authentically chat to God in their own voice, in their own way, and facilitating them catching God's communications back because we know that God promises that he is communicating with our children. And one of her children was just flourishing in it, really finding great God connection in it and really uh, enjoying it. And another one of her children was really struggling in it and, and finding it really hard. And that created a tension between them that, you know, one of her children was like, this isn't working for me. And the other one is like, this is, you know, everything. I love spending time with God and, and doing this. She was saying, how do I how do I help my kids when, when one of them is struggling and the other one isn't? And actually, there's creating a bit of a jealousy around it. And I thought it was really important that we talk about these things because catching isn't an activity to be successful or to fail at. It is a lifelong journey of learning how you and God communicate to each other best. 
And so the tools of chatting and catching that you can go into more on the website and, you know, there's entire chapters on it in the book and there's loads of videos and articles on it on the website if you want to explore that more of how to help kids you know, catch God's communication for themselves is all a part of helping our kids go on their individual journeys with God. And what I find sometimes is is you can coach your individual children in their next steps in catching from God. And if they're struggling to communicate to God about how they feel about it and to relax and find a new way, but there is this dynamic between them if they're doing it. And so um, what I would suggest is that you remove, first of all, that side-by-side pressure when we do chatting and catching, you know, together in a community environment, it can feel um, to some children who are predisposed to feel that, that there's a pressure to perform. And uh, that communal experience sometimes feels like that. And so one of the things I would suggest is that you separate when you do those times. So it could be that, you know, as you put down one kid, you do your catching with then and then you go into the other kid and you do catching then at that point. Or you say, you know, we don't have to do it at bedtime or any time. This is just something that life happens as we go through life. God is communicating with us and you can perceive it. And so you take away that side by side pressure of having to do it at the same time, because it really is about individuals going on their journey. So you remove that moment where one person is struggling and the other person is like, wow, thank you, God. Uh, When you remove that side-by-sideness, then it really becomes about an individual communication rather than any sort of pressure of it feeling like someone else is. The other thing I suggest is you create windows into your life of when you are have struggled to find where God's communications are in your life. Because sometimes that happens too. Sometimes you've been on your life journey and you've struggled to catch from God or you found it to be a bit quiet or you've just struggled to still your heart in that way. And that's okay. And you can tell the stories of when it happened and how you felt about it and how you got out of it or that you may be in that season too right now. And that's okay because this is how you've set your heart to think about it or to feel about it and find your next step so that your child doesn't feel alone, but that you know most of us go through a season of feeling that and, and how we came out can be a really helpful communication uh, for them to see into your life of what you do then. But also I would suggest you reduce the feedback pressure. Sometimes when we're helping our kids catch from God, we, we then are big on the debrief. You know, what was God you know, sharing with you? How do you feel about that? And, and sort of going alongside that journey. And sometimes our kids just need to be released to, to have that individual thing. And we're here to help if, they're, if they need it rather than us feeling like we need to be part of it the whole time. There's this whole thing about not being the high priest of, of taking that step back and saying, you know, God communicates with you. And, you know, I like writing down God's communications to me, or if I'm struggling with it, I, you know, talk to my friend and say, I'm not sure what God's saying here, but I'm here to help you process if and how you want to process that. Um, But this really is about your own thing. And, you know, it may not, it, may not look like anybody else's. It won't look like your sister's. It won't look like mine. It'll look like yours. And to almost validate that kind of communication that looks different. I know many people who, you know, never get pictures from God or or never, you know, feel a tangible presence of him there, but they just love 
reading scripture and, and having that confirmation of, oh, isn't that interesting? And it's like their brain latches onto something. Their heart grabs onto scripture, which is a beautiful way of God's communication to us, where other people, you know, love watching movies with God and, and just really go, oh, gosh, this is how you are, God. And, and to expand the possibilities. So it's not just when we ask God a question at bedtime, can you or can you not accurately feel like what he's saying? But actually you're saying God is communicating all the time. And so you'll find it. Sometimes you find you connect with God better in nature. Sometimes you find it after you're listening to worship music. Sometimes you find it when you're reading scripture, when you're talking to a friend, or when you're at church and you've had time to sit and make your heart peaceful. What does it look like for you? And you're coaching kids on a journey of connection rather than making it an event or a side-by-side experience that they can feel like they can succeed or fail at. So have a go. You know, give them separate times. Encourage the individual expression of it. Create windows into your own life of what it is. Encourage them to talk to God about their frustrations with it and uh, reduce any feedback pressure so that your child doesn't feel like it's something they're performing for you, but instead that you just want to enable them to feel like they can free flow, chat back and forth with God. And as always, a question to ask your kid to start an interesting conversation. What do you think Jesus learned from having siblings? Have a great conversation. We'll see you next week where we're talking about children, youth and families with additional needs. See you then. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.